nine rounds of golf for $90? Yep. The Minnesota Golf Passport is back and available now at TomBernardShow.com. As a golf passport card holder, you're entitled to nine 18-hole rounds of golf for just one low price of $90. Supplies are limited, so just go to TomBernardShow.com and type keyword passport. A $300 golf value for just 90 bucks. Now you got it. TomBernardShow.com. Keyword passport. This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader the station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Amy, you got to hang out with better people. <laughs> I love Brittany. Our energy is really match. <laughs> I know, it's chaotic. What? We're both very excitable <laughs> and like walk up to people with like a creepy grin. Like that's our vibe. Yeah. Actually, you guys could, you could be relatives. There's no question about that, especially with your hairstyle. Thank you. Thank you. You see what I'm saying? I would love to claim her as a sister. I do anyways. That's how I get into places. I say, Amy's my sister. (laughs) Could you guys push your mic a little closer? Yeah, I was just going to do that. That'd be great. Thanks very much. You know, you look like a professional now. Oh, great. Thank you. (laughs) A lot of places that, you know, they would have done that before we went on the air, but you know. Apparently, this entire generation is lazy as hell, Amy. That's all I have to say. <laughs> that's it. I'm Good. lazy you as tell hell. You're to do everything. You're going to do what? I said, that's it. I'm just so lazy. There's no question about it. It's just a given. So, Amy, I met you about a year ago. Maybe, was it longer than that? It was about, it was about exactly, exactly this time, this time, last, time year. last year. No, there's an echo on <laughs> I think that was my stay muted. I tried to pretend like I knew what I was doing and just hit the unmute. Oh yeah, no, there's yeah different. (laughs) I took I took your compliment that I look like a professional a little bit too far. You actually just took it all into my hands. It's another tutorial for you guys at work. There, people have not been on it, so you have to tell them everything they need to do, not just have them sit down. Also, don't unplug your microphone. Uh, Don't (laughs) turn the lights off. Don't go flip the breakers downstairs. Don't just leave. I think that covers it all. Uh, If there's a fire, 
Follow us. Right. Yeah, don't stay. <laughs> In the case of an emergency, hide under the table. Oh, we cover it all. Honest to God, <laughs> 25 years of this, and this is this takes the cake so far, I will tell you that. Yeah, you know, last time I actually did talk to you, Tom, you were about to retire, and here we are. No, I wasn't retiring. That was a flat-out lie those bastards over there told. <laughs> oh, baby. Well, good. Now I get retire. the real story. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know why. You know, I agreed to, after 37 years, walked away with a zero uh, payout, and they still try to F me over. That's how wonderful those people are. Oh. Well, there you go. welcome to the pod. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, you mean they've done that to other people? I mean, I'm the only person who ever got to turn my key fob in at that place, so. I still have mine. Oh, let's go. <laughs> let's go drink their coffee. Yeah, that was so good. Anyway, let's get back to Amy. This is the important stuff, Amy. Yes. Uh, we did meet, and you do some wonderful work. 12 Moms of Christmas, Newgate Schools, enlist the help of local dealerships and influencers every December. Please don't refer to me as an influencer. I'm glad you didn't bring my name up when you said that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, surprise tw- now, this is the, my favorite part. Uh, they get together every December to surprise 12 single moms with a car stuffed full of gifts. Brilliant idea. Amy, did you come up with the idea? I did not. I wish I could claim that. I did not. But I was one of the first um, influencers to be part of the program. So this is my fourth year being involved. Um, Newgate Schools has a program called Wheels for Women throughout the year, where as a single mom, you can apply for a vehicle. And then in December is when they pull in um, some influencers and dealerships to do 12 in a row with 12 single moms. So it is. if I do nothing right the rest of the year, this is like the one thing that I can truly like hang my hat on. And it is the most humbling and just beautiful experience that I get to be a part of. Now, how do you decide who the 12 moms are going to be? So there is an application process they go through. I have no part in the selection of that. Um, But in terms of the criteria, they have to be the head of the household, and they have to have at least one dependent. They need to either be working full-time or in school full-time or a combination of both. And they they have to make less than $35,000 a year. I mean, think about that. Ooh. Supporting a, f- I that's what I made my first job out of college, and I felt like I couldn't even support myself, let alone children. Um, so that is that is a huge. There is a huge need here, and then they also cannot currently own a vehicle or even have like readily accessible access to a vehicle in their household. You know, when I came over last year, I will never forget. Just me showing up made two women cry. And at first I thought they it was because they didn't want to talk to me, but then it t- turned out they were being nice to me. It was so sweet. Honest to God, Amy, I'm not kidding you. It was such a sweet, wonderful day. It was. It absolutely was. It is every year. These women, just their stories stay with me. Their faces stay with me. This is my fourth year being involved. Um, this year we decided, you know, in the past we wanted it to be a surprise. So we were just kind of shooting in the dark in terms of what their needs might be, mm-hmm. kind of guessing gender of their children. We just knew ages and that was it. And this year we really said like, let's make it a bit more impactful. So we put together a short survey of just like some of their specific needs, sizing, etc. The thing that is so, um, just humbling is we asked the question of like, aside from a vehicle, what is one thing on your Christmas wish list? And I get emotional talking about it, but both of them, I have two cars that I, that I'm specifically sponsor. Um, across the board though, they all said, I just want a little breathing room financially. I want my kids to be healthy. I want to be caught up on my bills. One of the moms is diabetic and she's like, I have a hard time getting to the pharmacy to get my medication. Um, the other mom is pregnant with her third on the way, and she's like, I can't get to doctor appointments. 
the winter, winter is coming. They spend half of their income on Ubers and buses. That's a consistent theme across all these 12 moms. Think about that. Just one second. They spend half their income on transportation? Yes. Think about how many places you go in a day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially with kids. With kids. And if you are relying on an Uber, and in some cases, depending on where they live in relation to where they work, they have a hard time even getting an Uber. So then you show up late. Yeah. Or especially like in emergency situations if the kid's fever spikes. That's terrifying. Terrifying. And then, no, not you don't know what car seat you're putting in there Mm and their car and all that stuff. Is it going to fit? And yeah. Oh, I just. Tom, I remember last year, it was me, you know, me and Tom were both raised by single moms. Yeah. And uh, I was shopping with my mom, and I had gotten him, I gotten a hold of uh, Tom, and you guys had connected. And we listened to you on air with Tom. And me and my mom are in the parking lot because we were about to go Christmas shopping, bawling, and go go sleeping oh. in the back. And we're both just like, what a special thing. And yeah. I think, I think. If you don't think about it, that's just such an undertaking for anybody to ask them. Sure. It's just so much. Yeah. And like, I don't know. It just it really hits. Yeah. And last year, you know, one of the moms had been in the last like six months was homeless. And she finally was able to get a roof over their head. And she said every day she kept looking at their tree being like, how am I going to afford to put anything under the tree for these kids? These kids are young. They still believe in the magic of Christmas. Yeah. And so she reached out to Toys for Tots and her school and nobody had gotten back to her. And then she showed up to get this vehicle and it was stuffed to the brim of gifts. And she just sobbed and I sobbed and then with Tom you were so generous and thinking about gas money because now you have a vehicle but you have to have they have to be insured so you have to pay insurance you have to pay for gas yeah you have to think about you know if I blow a tire I know if I get into an accident someone breaks my window like how are you going to also afford the maintenance of a vehicle and Tom you thought about how much would it cost on average a year in gas money and you provided that and when I gave them this one woman literally fell to her knees sobbing like that's how impactful this is all right cut it out i know <laughs> I'm, like, I'm about to start crying in here like who's cutting because, onions you know what it's so hard especially if you're yeah. paying rent like getting an apartment is hard we don't realize how right. hard it is because like yeah. sometimes you forget and then to add on it's just yeah. so much well and one of them said you know i need to get my credit back up yeah. Because think about it. Like you, you know, there's just so many things that I feel. And I think this season it hit me even harder than years past as I started reading through um, their applications. Because I think, with, you know, I'm on social media a lot because that is part of my job. And it is so easy to get caught up in this consumption, yeah. right? Like everybody has the newly remodeled kitchens and everybody's doing the try-on sessions with the boxes of new clothes that they bought. And sometimes I find myself feeling like it's not enough. And this just like, when I started reading these, I get on my Instagram and I am ugly crying going, you guys, this is such a moment to take a step back and think of how much we have to be grateful for and all the little things that we take for advantage. And that is what my holiday season has been about. And I'm able to then like help um, bring that back to my children. They get very involved in this process as well. We talk about it all the time. Yeah. Yeah, one thing I gotta mention is it all started at the very beginning when Amy started talking, and the first time her voice cracked, and was like, "Oh God!" I know. <laughs> I am a crier. I know. I am too. I, I was like, "This is the season too. where if you turn onto my Insta stories, you're just going to see me ugly crying because I am not a pretty crier, <laughs> but I am I, shameless I, uh, and just this is this is a real these are real feelings, and it is hard not nope. to get very emotionally involved in in these women's lives." 
And isn't that what this season's really all about? Yes, the kids love getting the gifts, but for adults, they go, oh, I, I don't care for Christmas anymore. Yeah. Why? Because you're not getting gifts. Maybe it's your turn to turn mm-hmm. around yeah. and give instead yeah. of get. Yeah. And, and the, other thing, the other thing, too, I think that it does is it gives them hope, right? Uh-huh. They, they think, yep. okay, somebody cares. Somebody cares enough to do this for me. Um, they also, you know, one thing that's always been really important for me as I start to look at, like, how can I help? It's not just, like you said, it's not just having the gifts. And it's it's how do we set them up for success in the new year? So I always look for donated services. So one of the moms is finishing school, and the other's goal is to um, start her own business. So I connected with my friend Brittany Habor, who is a life and career coach, and she's donating her services to these women. Like, think about that. That's huge for them. Um, even like family photography, that's a luxury that they cannot afford. And because they are single moms, they don't have anyone to go here. You get in the picture. Let me take that for you. So my friends at Profeshi, um, we're setting up a whole day and we're going to do a photo shoot with all the moms and their children and just like things like that, you know, and it's like meal planning services. I've worked with a financial planner in the past. Um, so all of those services, I think really, again, just give them hope. And then my favorite thing ever is when I get um, notes from them, like they'll, they always have my number. You, you can you know reach out. I love to keep in touch. And I would get a, a text like a year later and she's like, I finally got my esthetician license and I'm now able to like work because I can get the, like those things. It's like that mattered, that mattered and that made a difference in their lives. And here they are a year later in a completely different spot. Isn't that just wonderful? I, see, this is what I love about Christmas. A very quick story. That it was uh, growing up as a boy, I tell my mother, someday when I become successful, I'm going to give you a lot of money. And she said, okay, Tom. She's like, no. Yeah, okay. We're living, you know, on Plymouth and Bryant at the time. And she's like, yeah, sure you will. No problem. I mean, she was very sweet about it. But many, many years, thank God for the, the luck that I've had and all the rest of it, I gave my mother a very large check. Mm. I mean, it was a lot of money, mm-hmm. right? She said, I don't need this money. I said, that's not the issue. I promised you years ago I would do this, and I want to do it, so I'm doing it. And she turned around and gave all of it away to women in need. That's oh. why I just teared up. Yeah. It reminded me my mother took all of the money and gave it away to people mm. who needed it. That's the kind of woman who raised me. Yeah. It's it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine. If, first of all, my mother didn't drive, so the car, she would have given that away, too. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine, though, her life? Like, Tom, thinking about her getting on that bus or like go, heading to work yeah. an hour early and then take waiting for the bus. Like... Your mom worked her mm-hmm. ass off for things other people just kind of take advantage of. I mean, that don't yeah. think you don't things you don't think about is getting to work sometimes. Yeah, yeah. that inspired me. But that's why things like Twelve Moms of Christmas are so important to me because yeah. this mm-hmm. really does need to happen. And I'm really glad you stepped up. Yeah. All of you stepped up and got this done. People do not really realize, you know, if you're living out in Whispering Acres and you got a lot of dough, you don't realize it's not just people you know, that are on this program or that program or the people need your help. Mm -hmm. And if one of us could pick one of them and take care of them, that'd be a great way to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Anyway, what you're doing is the perfect way to actually help these moms. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes too, another theme is they've said like one of the moms, she's, you know, it's like, where do you see yourself in a year? And one of them said, I want to use my voice to help other women to know it's okay to ask for help. And I think that is something, and Brittany, you can probably attest to this as well. As women, sometimes it is really hard to ask for help. And so I think that's another um, misconception sometimes. It's like these women are trying so hard. They're trying to do it themselves as best they can. 
Um, but everybody needs help every now and again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would think so. I, it's the wonderful thing, as I said, about this season. Uh, it used to be a wonderful thing about being an American. Americans used to be very, very giving, and apparently, in some cases, they still are, but not like they used to. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The, the world right now, particularly seeing your name on the list this morning, Amy, was great for me because people are so mean right now, and I don't know why they want to be that way. And to have someone in like you in studio talking about 12 Moms of Christmas it elevates my spirits, makes me happier this time of the year. Yeah. There are, I know it's, don't watch Fox or CNN because you won't see them on there. There are really decent people still in the world. Absolutely. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah. And I think, you know, one thing that I did personally this year is I have a t- I am a personal shopper and fashion stylist. So um, this season when there's the sales everywhere, I tend to just go ham on buying for myself. And this year I was like, this weekend, I am not buying a single thing for myself. And I'm going to put all my energy into creating an Amazon registry list so that people can shop from there. I'm finding where the sales are and I'm posting saying, this mom could use this, this child could use that. And Every single thing, it was like immediately like someone would buy it, immediately someone would buy it. And that just made me feel so good because I remember seeing videos back in like the two, early 2000s, Black Friday, and people are, you know, mulling over each other yeah. and, and fighting for a TV. And it's like this year, I do feel like there are so many good people that are willing to say, you know what, instead of shopping for me, I'm going to shop for someone else this year that could use it more. It is a wonderful thing. I need to mention this. The deadline to donate is December 10th. They can Venmo by me, I'm talking about Amy here, not me. <laughs> <laughs> Tom slips his Venmo right. in there. Venmo <laughs> me all your cash and then talk about being helping people out and then steal your money. That'd be great. Uh, they can Venmo, Venmo, I'm sorry, I can't even get this out. Amy at Amy Seaman, S E E M A N, or email her at mamaseaman at gmail.com with questions or an opportunity to contribute. Again, the deadline to donate is December 10th. So that's only a couple of weeks, not less than two weeks away. Yeah, as a matter yeah. Of fact. yeah we are coming down to the wire. Um, I think yep. the biggest unmet needs right now specifically are experiences. So that's something that both of the moms um, had mentioned that they were would love to be able to do. Like take their, their kids are three and six. Aww. So burning off energy, right? right. So Nickelodeon world. Nickel, like unlimited wristbands to Nickelodeon, yeah. um, Minnesota Zoo membership, urban air, um, sky zone, any of that, play cafes, that stuff is huge. And then grocery gift cards is another one. Oh, I bet. And mm-hmm. of course cash. So my goal is always to save as much of the cash as I can to give them in cash and then collect all like goods and um, toys just from what people have donated. So that's kind of where I'm at right now of what I need specifically the most help with in the next uh, 10 days or less. Do you remember when this happened and what it was that inspired you to do this? Um, it was actually 2020 was the year that I got involved. So it was right during the pandemic. Um, and Apple Autos is the dealership that I work with specifically. And they reached out to me and it was just like an immediate hell yes. Like I will absolutely do this. And then after being there and experiencing it, I was like every single year, please ask me. I like, I want to do this. And it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And our impact is larger. The awareness around it is larger. Um, I did have a little bit of a breakdown last week um, 
where I was feeling so stressed because I set goals for myself of how much I want to raise every year. And I was like, I'm only halfway to my goal. My husband said, I know, honey, you get stressed about this every year. And I said, you know what, though? I will take this stress. I will take this stress for these moms because imagine the stress they have every single day. Let me stress about their holidays. I will take that and do that for them. Now we're going to have to invite a prick in to balance the thing. (laughs) (laughs) I tell you, honestly, God, it's so great to have you in the studio. And by the way, I got to mention this quickly. I grew up a nice Catholic boy in North Minneapolis. And when you said Apple I thought you were talking about some Italian kid's grandfather. Apple Otto. <laughs> I know when you first said it, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Papa Apple was coming in. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> it did sound like that. Look, I mean, to, to, to have five people tearing up, sitting in the studio for something real. It's, yeah. These are not fake tears and fake yeah. emotions. These are real emotions because we all know either we've been through it or we yeah. all know people who have been through it. And all you ever hear of is that we're going to help this person. We're going to help that person. Does it ever happen? I don't know. I hope it does. But things like this, 12 moms of Christmas and and particularly at this time of year, Mm -hmm. but, but thank you personally, because when I tune on the news at night, I can only watch it for about two minutes. The national news, I can watch two minutes of Fox and two minutes of CNN. I can't stand either one of them. So I watch local news, which is a lot Mm -hmm. better. But this time of the year, for all the hatred going on in the world yeah. right now, it's people like you that make this mm-hmm. holiday season very, very special. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me and just giving me access to your listeners and this platform to share more about this story and how everyone can help. Well, thanks again for making me cry. Yeah, I, right. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> we can make this a regular Tuesday thing if you want. <laughs> it was so great. I just saw my wife outside the door because I can see her go by. And I can I couldn't hear her, but I know she was going, you know what else happened? <laughs> <laughs> She's teasing me. Yeah. Damn it. But in any case, Amy, come back. If you and by the way, if if you uh the, the don't uh, the uh, deadline to donate is December tenth. So if you'd like to make another appearance and ask people to send send oh, I we'd love to have you. Wonderful. I will take you up on that absolutely. All right, Brittany, you got you got full control of this, don't you? Oh, I lo- love it. I I love crying at nine and a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Cry like a baby. Oh, I got to get a Kleenex during this break. Oh my god. I know, but that's you know what this is good. This is good to see and good to yeah. hear for people because you watch the news and it's nothing but meanness yeah. and hatred, and I'm sick to death of it. And Tom, I really how I mean, all I want to do, and I'm sorry to say this because I know you could always get mad at me, but like. I just want to call my mom and be like, you are so tough. You are so strong. Mm-hmm. She never made us worried about, like, if Santa, I always knew Santa was going to bring me gifts. Mm-hmm. And, like, my mom was a teacher, you know, and had three kids. Mm-hmm. And, like, who can make that kind of magic with that? And she, I always just, I never knew any of the stuff that she went through. And so when I think about it, I always go, I got to call my mom and say mm-hmm. thanks. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I can close. With the same kind of feeling, not trying to one-up anybody or no. whatever, just talking about what really happened in life. Yeah. I would watch my mother every month sitting down at the kitchen table weeping because she couldn't pay the bills. Ugh. And for people who have never seen that kind of thing, it's very hard to watch. Yeah. And it inspired me to get off my ass and do something in life. And then I ruined her life by going into radio. There's but that. In- There's that. <laughs> we both are huge disappointments. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, doctor, lawyer. Oh, disc jockey. That's great. <laughs> okay, That's cool. You're going to really make a difference out there. <laughs> Amy, I adore you. You're Aww, a wonderful person. You, we need a lot more people like you. 12 months 
uh, 12, excuse me, 12 months, yeah. It should be 12 months of Christmas. Right? 12 moms of Christmas, ladies and gentlemen. And how do they reach out to you again, Amy? Um, you can follow along on the story on my Instagram, which is at mama, M-A-M-A, and then semen, S-E-E-M-A-N. Um, that's where I do all the ugly crying, but I also do share the day of, and just so that you can feel a bit connected to how um, how the moms received all of these gifts. And then again, uh, Venmo or email is a perfect way to connect if you have a business that you want to... Um, that you think would donate or you want to get involved. One thing I've been challenging people is if your team typically does something for a holiday, for a family, this is an amazing cause to get behind. Collect goods, go over your lunch break, go shopping together at Target, bring it to me. One thing I will say is it does not need to be wrapped if you are going to donate gifts. Mm -hmm. um, we do it color coordinated by car so nothing gets mixed up. But yes, so email me if you have questions on where to drop things off or if you want to donate a service. And then if you just want to donate cash that is absolutely needed, I mean, even just 5 to $25 adds up. And they can do that. Where? They can do that at Venmo. So it's at Amy Dash Seaman. Yep. And I'll I'll post it on our socials too. Wonderful. That's a wonderful thing. Amy, come back before Christmas. I will. I would love to. Thank you. Or before December tenth, I yeah. guess it'd be even better because yeah. December tenth is the deadline to donate. Thank you, my dear. Great Thank to you. see you again. You too. And thanks for making me cry. I really appreciate it. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm such a tough guy. Here. <laughs> <laughs> we got to take a break. We'll be right. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Chris Eggert joins us, Channel 5 Eyewitness News. Chris Eggert, how are you doing, Chris? Hello, Tomas. How are you? Marvelous. Now, I have a question for you. Yes, sir. Because you're usually on till 845. Yes, right? sir. Yes. Do you want to stay on for that five minutes? Because uh, Bill Engball is coming on with us at 840. You want to stay on and talk to Bill Engball? Uh, I can bug out at 840. I actually got to go grab uh thing before i go on the air for minnesota live so I, I i would like i appreciate the offer though no no i'm gonna tell bing yeah our tv guy he doesn't care for you so yeah no that no that's not it at all it's not it at all i can always use a little extra prep time because i don't know if you've ever been on the air with me before but sometimes it can be a little rough so i don't know what you're talking about ladies and gentlemen channel five is chris <laughs> I started laughing. Sorry. Channel 5's Chris Eggert is brought to you by Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. Call Josh today for your free 48-minute evaluation at 952-925-5608. So, Mr. Eggert, what's in the news this morning? What's the latest? Uh, well, what do you want? We had, we had, there was a fire overnight in Egan that drove oh, some people, a pretty big fire that drove some people out of their apartments. Uh, I mean, and, you know, they're obviously taken off guard, woken up in the middle of the night, run outside, freezing cold, you know, uh, Anyway, they're trying to figure out what started that. So one of our reporters was there all morning. Uh, it doesn't sound like anybody was hurt, so that's good. And then uh, our other reporter this morning was at Athens Alps because they open up for the ski season today. So oh, really today? Yeah, yeah. I suppose it's, that pre-Christmas thing's a big deal for skiing, isn't it? I think so. I think they like to be open for sure before Christmas, even though there's no real snow in the forecast, but it's cold enough to sustain the snow now. So I guess that's why they. Yeah, uh, they true. wait this long. So, 
That makes sense. Uh, I want to go back to just one story very, very quickly. Have yeah. any of you guys ever been in a burning building? I don't think so. No, yeah, I don't think so. Have you, Tom? Yes. But the other two guys are not, uh, you've never been in any either? No, I nope. haven't. Yeah, I mean, well, twenty. I can give the address, 2955 Russell Avenue North, because it's still an empty lot after all these years. It was never rebuilt. So I can give the address because there's not a house there anymore. Yeah. But I was at home sick from school. I was going to St. Anne's down there on 26th and uh, Queen. Uh, and, you know, just kind of watching watching television, all the rest of it. My mother walks over. It's one of those old houses where you open the door to go to all the bedrooms. In other words, you open this door and then the bedroom on the left, bedroom right, bedroom left. You know, three, four bedroom houses, that kind of deal. Yep. So it's separated, uh, separated from the rest of the house. She opened the door and this flame shot across the roof and almost touched the other wall on the other end of the of the room. Damn. And the only reason I bring this up, because it's quite an experience to be in a building that's on fire. It's just my mother and me. And it was raging, too. That thing, that flame was huge. But my favorite thing about this story is my mother ran into the kitchen and ran back and threw water on the fire. <sighs> From a coffee cup. <laughs> That'll do it. Yeah, see, well, I don't know. What do you do? Your instinct is to try to do something, right? <laughs> that's exactly right. But yeah, that's, uh, that, I'm sure many, many people have been out there uh, going through uh, that kind of situation. Now, an apartment building would be much worse because if you're on the third or fourth floor, man, that's got to scare the hell out of you, I would yeah. think. This, this particular building, um, uh, Forest Ridge townhomes, they're called. So they're townhomes. Oh, okay. So it looks to me like the highest, they're only two story at its height. Yep. So, I mean, not that that's still not frightening having to come down the stairs or whatever, but yeah, we don't know. We don't know what started it yet. Yeah, man, a lot of fires around the United States in the last couple of days, house fires. I mean, is it, does that have something to do with the change of the seasons? And it people? usually does. Yeah. yeah. And like furnaces getting used and, you know, yeah. maybe not maintained properly or candles burning. I mean, you know, that, although I think, the, I think the number one thing that sparks fires is uh, food on the stove, which I've come close to a few times, but not actually to the point of uh, flames. Is it because the oil spits up out of the pan and then ignites the pan? Is that what we're talking well, about? And they, and they do like uh, you were saying, your mom just grab water, thinking that that's the best thing to put on mm. it. But water's like the worst thing to put on a, a fire on your stove. Like that just flares it up even worse. That's what I hear. Absolutely. Thank God we don't have to go through that. My God, it's just yeah. There was there was a story. I can't remember what it was down south somewhere, Georgia, Florida, some damn place. But it looked to be about a fifteen thousand square foot house, and the whole thing burned to the ground. Like, my God, they showed the flames. The flames were, honest to God, 75, they look like 75 feet high. It was unbelievable. Well, think about all that um, in Maui with all those giant homes that were all right there. Yeah, and, yeah, I mean, true. That, that, that was like, it was like someone had poured gasoline on that entire Lahaina area. And, I mean, it just went up like that. At least that's the way it looked from the videos that we saw. But it's crazy. I still don't understand how it didn't cross the street over to the rich people section. Um, well, you know what? Oddly enough, uh, my partner in the morning news, Megan Newquist, mm -hmm. she's actually getting ready to go over there next week and do some reporting on the fire itself 
and sort of the tourism aspect are people supposed to go there or are they supposed to stay away because the you know right away it was like stay away but the the tourist uh tourism industry you know runs the show there and so then you're hearing well no actually we'd like you to come and spend money because otherwise you know we're we're screwed yeah. so anyway she's headed out there so that uh hopefully she'll find find some answers you guys ever been to maui yeah no nope uh, it's magnificent well not right now obviously but magnificently beautiful island it really is i hope it all comes back the trees on that island particularly you know what i'm talking about chris yeah, well, in Lahaina, there's that, there's this giant tree that's right in this middle of the park, yep. right, right in the middle of like this town square. I mean, the tree goes on for, it almost looks like it goes on for blocks. Do you think that, you think it's that big, Tom? I mean, yeah. it might yeah. be. Yep. And I think there was worry that that had burned right away, but I think they think it was mainly saved. Oh, good. good. Um, spectacular. We were, I just remember going to um, Mick Fleetwood's bar which is right there in downtown mm -hmm. Lahaina and having a drink. And I thought it was pretty cool because apparently he would like come in there pretty regularly. He didn't come in there while we were there, but um, I mean, that was just all these like really nice shops and stuff torched like that. It's a bad deal. All right. Get off your ass and go do your job, Buster. All right. Say hi to Bill. We'll do that. Thanks a lot, Chris. Great talking to you. Yep. See you guys. Ladies and yeah. gentlemen, channel five's Chris Eggert brought to you by Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold Call Josh today. For your free 48-minute evaluation, 952-925-5608. That's 952-925-5608. Chris Hager with the news. Uh, just guys, just let me know when the Bill Engvall is coming on, and we'll uh, we'll get, to get it taken care looks, of, right? Looks like he's here. Oh, he's on already. Okay. Mr. Engvall, are you on? TB, how are you doing? Bill, I got to tell you something. I, it makes me – I just got the sheet this morning, and I remember when I had the highest-rated morning show in America – over at the queue and you guys came through town on the blue collar comedy tour. It's like, and I'm not talking about, you know, buddy, buddy system all the way, but I, I gained, when you guys did that, I gained four friends that very night. I, I, you guys have come through so many times and every one of you is just a great guy. Boy, it sounds like I'm sucking up to you, Bill, but I don't mean to be, <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, Hey, you, you notice I didn't say stop. <laughs> <laughs> That's very, but look, look at the people no, I've become it, friends with because of that tour. You guys are the best. The reasons, I think that was one of the reasons it was so successful uh, for all of us was that we had, were approachable. We weren't like, you know, like when you go some, see some concerts, you're like, you know, I, I, you know, we were like your next door neighbor and uh, it was just a magical time. And, uh, and I think if you were to talk to each of us individually, uh, you know, we would all say that the the reaction was just beyond our belief. And uh, and you know, it's funny is that it helped our re our own private shows. We all became better because of Blue Collar, uh, even just doing our own shows. It is magnificent, ladies and gentlemen. Bill Engvall releases uh, very last comedy special. Here's your sign. It's finally time. My last show. It comes out just a few days from now on December 5th. The special was filmed on New Year's Eve, 2022, in his hometown of Salt Lake City. It will be available to stream uh, or own on Amazon Prime Video, Apple TV, YouTube, Google Play, Dish, several cable providers worldwide. So you had a hell of a time trying to get it on somewhere, huh? There's only about 15, 20 places. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I got to tell you, this group comedy dynamic has been great for comedians. Uh, they 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 put it out there. You know, and, you know I I grew up in the the days. Of, you know, 
good Lord knows I wish we'd have had YouTube when I was coming up. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, you know, that's a, that was a way to get your name out there fast and still is. And, uh, you know, when I was coming through, the, it was just you had just banged it out on the road till somebody recognized you or gave you a break. I just, it was, I think because Blue Collar Comedy Tour uh, came out and just did so, but all forms of comedy had their four or five people they put together. Uh, there were all the four or five black comedians that did a special, just blew their careers up. You guys just did huge. I mean, I think it was very, very good. Women, they, uh, they had a women's group that did very, very well. Who came up with the concept? Because it's a brilliant idea. Well, I think, I think if you were to look, if you were to look back uh, historically, it was uh, probably the kings of comedy. Uh, yeah, yeah. That that was was really the first ones to do it, and we kind of went, well, they're 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 pulling people from the you know West Coast and East Coast, and uh, we I remember the discussion vividly that we said, why don't we do something for the people in the Midwest uh, who don't get a chance to go out and uh, you know so, and I think people just fell in love with that idea and the fact that you had four guys who were all at the peak of their careers pretty much. Mm -hmm. uh, and you just slamming it every night. And we did it for a long time. And it was, uh, it was, it was, it was crazy. You know, and who knows why our tour took off more so than anybody else's. Uh, but you know, it's, it was something that was really fun. And it was also, you know, when you're a comedian and, and any committee will tell you this, the road is a lonely place. Any inter live oh, entertainer God, will yeah. tell you the road is a lonely place. You know, you, you think, oh, but you have your fans there every night. Yeah, but at the end of the night, they go home, and you're stuck in a motel or a bus or whatever. So, blue collar was great for all of us because it, I think, believe I, I believe I'm going to say it, it helped us maintain our, our road sanity because you had people you could talk to. Yeah, you know, yeah. I can't tell you how many times I wish I could have turned around and had a band. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose backing you up, yeah. You know, one of my favorite memories of that whole situation because then Jeff Fox or whether you come through Larry the Cable Guy, Ron White, of course, you would come through town on your own after after a while. But when that very first day that that you guys that you Bill were talking about when you first came on, um, Larry the Cable Guy got booked to do one show in Minneapolis. Right, he was doing it, yeah. and then he came on the show the next day, the morning show, uh, the next day. Two days later, I get a call from Larry the Cable Guy, and he said, I'm never talking to you again. I said, why? What did I do? And he goes, I just got booked to do eight shows in Minneapolis. Eight. I mean, you guys picked up work like there was no – it was wonderful to watch that whole thing. Isn't that great? Well, you know, comedy, uh, it, it, like anything in life, comedy, comedy is cyclical. I mean, uh, it got really hot, and then all of a sudden society changed a little bit, and – all of a sudden, it wasn't as much fun doing stand-up because you were, you know, the audience had this felt like they were allowed to just kind of interrupt the show or do yep. whatever. They just sit, just sit and listen. And I hope that it, I hope that the pendulum starts swinging back towards that of uh, people just going and enjoying the show uh, because we need stand-up. You need it. I don't care what he, it, it's. You've yep. got to laugh or you're going to go insane. And uh, it's uh, I, that. And that was one of the reasons that, that kind of spawned my retirement uh, is I, I got to the point where the the travel was taking over the, the fun of being on stage. And, uh, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, uh, I, I'm going to listen. Am I going to miss it? You bet. I already do miss it. Uh, 
it, uh, but but you, I think it's important to know when it's time to hang it up because I never, I always said I never wanted to do this just for a check. That that's not fair to the fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, and I, for whatever reason, uh, karma, what I don't, you know, I got to achieve everything I wanted to in this business, <clears throat> and that's the way I wanted to go out. Bill, I got to be honest with you. Now would be the best time for you guys to continue on, get back together because. Uh, we started the show this morning about uh, 45 minutes ago, and I'm looking through the national news and the local news, all the rest of it, and I got to believe the word hate came up about 10 times in the, the, the articles I was looking at. We need you guys more than ever now, so you might want to – maybe you could get back together for just a year or two. And, <laughs> and, I'll, and, put, I'll put a feeler out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put a feeler out. No, seriously, it, Bill, it's so – look, you guys, the reason you work, is because you clicked immediately with your audience. You knew who your audience was, and you nailed it. And they love you to this day. I still, people come up to me all the time and go, "Man, when you guys used to have those guys on the blue collar comedy tour, they I'll never forget it." And oh my god, it it wasn't that they just liked it. You made their year. It was fantastic. Well, that's very nice of you to say that. I I, I think one of the reasons, uh, you know, it's funny is that people come up to me and. 99.9% of the time, anybody who saw the show, they said that their favorite part of the show is when we were just all sitting on bar stools telling stories. Yep. And yep. Uh, it, it was, listen, it was probably, the, uh, without Blue Collar, we wouldn't be talking right now, and I wouldn't be telling you it was my last show probably. Uh, but uh, it's, uh, it's something that I will always be grateful for, that I was allowed for whatever reason to, to be a part of that uh, tour that, that people will remember for a long, long time. Well, I will never forget, and obviously I didn't go on stage with you guys or all the rest of it, but as you guys came through, uh, you know, year, year after year after year for a while there, just to be part of the beginning of that whole deal, just to be on the other side of the microphone listening to you guys, making me laugh, I loved it. So thanks for in- including me in those feelings. Not the show, but the feelings the show gave me. It was very, oh, yeah, very well, important. That's, that's a great way of putting it, and that, that really means I'm sure if, if I can speak for the other three guys, that really is what we were trying to achieve was just making people feel better. You know, when they, when they left the show that they go their their day, had just got maybe a little bit better. Yeah, no question. And, and, and that's by comparison, I will tell you, there was another comedian uh, many, many years ago when I was a teenager that broke, I guess I was in my twenties by then, probably was 20 years old by then, but uh, life was pretty rough. It was a situation, you know, all these uh, shootings going on. Martin Luther King had been killed a couple of years earlier, and the, the feeling in America was just really bad. And you want to talk comedy, it, it saved me along with music because Richard Pryor made me laugh and made me feel good. What you guys do, you can't even explain how important it is, right? No, and I agree. And, and you know, to be thank you for putting us in that group because Richard Pryor, Steve Martin, <laughs> yeah. all those guys, they were huge influences on my career, and. uh you know, that was, and I also was really fortunate that when I was coming up comedically, uh, you know, I got to learn from guys like Seinfeld and Leno and Shanley mm-hmm. and all these guys. And so I got to learn from the best. And uh, it's, it, it, it was funny you talking about blue collar. I also think being on the blue collar tour made us better individual entertainers just yep. because, you know, you have that, that confidence and that, that people just want to laugh. And that, that was our thing the whole, and that's why, you know, that's why I'm, I'm retired from the road is like, and this special here's your sign is finally time. My last show, 
really kind of sums up the career and how much fun it was and the audiences were it was just a magical night and that was the way I wanted to go out that was the memory I wanted to go out on it is terrific and I will thank you guys forever because uh it was across the microphone on the air but uh to feel that at the very beginning I was just even involved in in watching you guys thank you so much you you guys have been a great gift and all four of you and I'll close with this this is how nice these guys were. I got a call from Ron White several years ago. He said, Tommy, you going on vacation? I said, yeah. He goes, yeah, you, you want to go on my jet? I'm like, oh, my God, Ron. Ron's got a jet. <laughs> I'll never forget it. But all of you, all four of you, Bill, Bill, thank you so much for including me in that stuff and, and for even mentioning it at the beginning of this show. You guys were amazing to me, and I will never forget it. Tommy, we uh, listen. I can only speak for myself, but I uh, can't ever thank you enough for the support you've given my career, and uh, I, I firmly believe that well, without your input and in, in playing my stuff, I, we wouldn't be talking right now. Bill, we love you, and we hope to see you soon. You can you can still come vacation in Minneapolis, St. Paul. All right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, listen, that's kind of the cool thing now is I'm able to see towns that I actually just flew over before. So. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose that's true. Bill, Mr. Engvall, thank you so much. It is, uh, here's your sign, finally time, my last show, December 5th. It's everywhere. You can, I mean, like I said, Amazon Prime Video, Apple TV, YouTube, Google Play, Dish, several cable providers. Bill Engvall, thank you, sir. Thank you, guys. Take care now. I love that guy. You guys guys have met Bill, haven't you? No. Never in person. No. No. Nope. I've seen, you know, so many of his specials and just, you know, so many clips of him. But, yeah, never, never in person. But, these guys would come through town when they first came through town um and they all came in studio it was unbelievable and then you watch their their careers grow as a group you know blue collar comedy and then you you watched uh you know individually how they were doing things every one of these guys foxworthy larry the cable guy ron white all of them all four of them they just said hey it was it was when it all started because I, get, I don't know why they chose Minneapolis as one of their first venues, but it just blew up in town. I, like I said, Larry the Cable Guy got booked to do eight shows, four nights, two shows a night. Did that even happen anymore? I yeah. don't even know. I mean, I... Yeah, you have to be, I mean, you have to be a... Like a megastar, but... Yeah, you have to be Larry the Cable Guy, yeah. Dave Chappelle, <laughs> you know, Mike. But yeah, that happens. I would say most comedians, That's like, even smaller ones, it won't be all in one, like stretch or not necessarily eight shows but it definitely multiple shows a week multiple shows a night in the same venue because they're trying mm-hmm. to maximize the number of ticket sales yeah it makes total sense well that's great so they end up doing what like four shows something like that two a night for a couple nights yeah i mean with them they would probably i mean they just pack thirty thousand of their closest friends into the nearest stadium yeah. and do a show <laughs> but if they're doing you know a smaller theater i could i would assume they probably did multiple shows every night yeah, it's such a cool thing. And and I'm and once again, we're coming up on the holiday season, all the rest of it. And I hope I, I made it clear the gratitude that I have that a guy like Bill Engball comes on and just talks about, you know, my involvement in it and not really involvement, but just no one knows guys all these years and what a blessing it was. And I guess the reason I'm so sensitive about that is because we lost Louis Anderson and we lost a, a number of really good. I mean, ta- seriously. Um, Greg Giraldo was amazing. Guys, look at the list of comedians that have died in the last five, six, seven years, something like that. It's just so sad, don't you think? Yeah, it is really sad. 
But they would come in, and I knew every one of them. It was a, that's the one thing with this job, when people do come in studio, that you know so many people, and yeah. you, you know, and then when something happens, you take it very hard because you consider them to be, if not a friend, certainly a very big acquaintance. That's, and, but I'm so grateful for that kind of thing in my life, that a guy like Bill Engvall would even remember who the hell I am. But the guy reached out to me all the time. Hey, just wanted to check in, Tommy. How you doing? That's just awesome. Wonderful. Yeah. I've thought Stand about that. Like you, you have had so many people on your show and you like know so many people. It feels like at a certain point, it's just like, you know, week by week, somebody, you know, or have interacted with and have that connection with passes away. Does that, yep. does that like, <laughs> like does, how, how much of a toll does that take? Cause like when I see a celebrity, it's like, you know, if I appreciated their work, Hey, that stinks. I don't really have like a morning period though. Do, do you have anything like that you have to go with? Yeah, I mean, it's that part is very, very obviously. Louis Anderson was a dear friend of the families. Yeah. My mother adored Louis. Mm-hmm. That that one was huge when he died just about uh, what was it, about a year ago now? Is it or was it during the holiday season? God, it may have been longer, maybe. God, maybe that's the one thing when somebody dies, that that stuff flies by, and I don't count the months or the days. It's just all of a sudden, oh, that was three years ago. Oh, it's oh, January that. 21st. Of last year. Yep. Or this year. It was 2022. See, there you go. Perfect example. I thought it was last January. That's why I was like, I think it's been over a year. Oh, Jesus. See, that's the thing. But honestly, God, Louis Anderson, all those people, but, but all guys in the, you know, on on these tours and it was brilliant. I don't know whose idea was in first place to put on these comedy tours with four or five comedians coming out. That was a brilliant move because let's say you don't like one of them. Well, you're going to love the other four anyway. So what's the difference? <laughs> yeah, right. Right? Yeah. And those guys are all very, very pleasant. I mean, it just, they were really, really nice about the whole situation. Uh, most comedians are. I'm trying to think of a comedian that wasn't that great a guy. I just, you guys, do you guys remember any that came in that were not very pleasant? Because I get they, they, yeah, it but you know, it's hard to judge, Tom, because it was in the morning and like a yeah. lot of them yep. were just uh, not morning people. As, yeah, as being the person that was responsible for driving the comedians <laughs> to the morning show, there wasn't a single comedian on the drive in that was like, we really have to do this at eight o'clock in the morning. Like my show just got done. My flight just landed. <laughs> I would rather be asleep right now. And I was like, well, that was your job to drive them in. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. yeah. so I met Kevin. Yeah, I was picking it up. That was like. Easily the most fun job I've ever had. You picking him up from the airport, like driving around, like Rob Schneider for a weekend, or Godfrey, yeah. or yep. uh, AJ. Jay you got to sit down with Tevin because he had like a whole shtick, like like what he would say, and like, well, this now they'd pick him up at the same hotel, and you have to bring him to KQ, and he'd have like. All right, well, let's listen to the show that you're about to be on. All right, now this building over here, is it like you'd have a whole tour guide? Yeah, well, because, yeah, you'd get one comedian. You'd either get the ones where they're like, I just want to go hotel, stage, airport, home. And then, like, Jay Farrell was like, all right, show's over. We're going out. Tevin, where are we going? Like, go home, get changed. Like, I'll come with you. Like, it was, yeah. It was so Jay Farrell, he was so fun because I got him in over at First Avenue because Tevin's like, Brittany, can you get him to whatever he really wants to go see First Avenue? And he was 
hilarious. Well, and I think Finesse Mitchell went to First Avenue too, and yeah. he thought because he was a huge Prince fan, and he thought that in the Purple Rain video where they're like running down the long hallway to the green room, he thought that scene was filmed in First Ave. So he whips out his phone. He's standing on stage, and he's, I'm gonna go do the run, and he runs <laughs> down the hall, and he almost runs nothing. into the wall, and yeah. he's like, nothing. "Where's the rest of the hallway?" And they're like, "We no, were laughing so hard, it was so <laughs> good." <laughs> We got to take a break because uh, we got another guest coming up in just a couple of minutes, ladies and gentlemen. Dave Bialki will join us uh, just after this. We'll take a break. 